Well, good morning to each one and greetings in Jesus' name. For a message today, I invite you to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul at this time is in prison, and the purpose of this letter is to encourage the church at Ephesus. Now, from what I have read, the believers at Ephesus were very poor in earthly goods. However, throughout this letter, Paul reminds them of how blessed and how rich they are in Jesus Christ. In this epistle, we find two prayers that Paul prayed for the believers at Ephesus. And in these prayers, we hear the heart of Paul. Paul's prayer for them was that they would know and be filled with the fullness of God and his love. I believe these two prayers are for all believers. All believers of all ages, including us today, that we too would know and be filled with the fullness of God and his love. Not just know about him, but know him in our hearts and be filled with his fullness. I titled this message, That Ye May Know. Let's look at the first prayer. We find that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. And as I read this prayer, notice what we may know. Let's begin at verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 1. Therefore I also, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and powers, and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Verse 18, that you may know. How do we know? How can this happen? The first part of 18, it says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened or the eyes of our heart being enlightened, that you may know. How can our hearts be enlightened? Well, let's go back to verse 17. It says, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. 
the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Two words may give, may give to you. That sounds like a gift, does it not? You see, spiritual enlightening that you may know is a gift from God. The eyes of the heart being spiritually enlightened is a gift from God. And that happens as we, by faith, reach out and accept this gift. You see, God is faithful, and he longs to show us his faithfulness. It is God's desire that each of us would know and understand what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is the hope? What is the hope of his calling? The word hope, as we find it here in verse 18, has the same meaning of the hope, of the word hope that we use to anticipate, usually with pleasure, expectation, or confidence. The hope of his calling. You see, outside of faith in Jesus Christ, there is no hope. Ephesians 2 verse 2 says, When we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant promise, we had no hope and were without God in the world. However, the flip side of that is 1 Peter 1 3, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope or a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The hope of his calling. The songwriter wrote, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And then the last part of verse 18, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints that we may know? How can we know those riches? In the beginning of chapter one, Paul shares a list of spiritual blessings that can only be known in Jesus Christ. And let's look at those. We'll read one through uh, chapter one. We'll read actually three through seven. We're thinking about the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose in us, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. 
In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. What a list of spiritual blessings. He chose us before the foundation of the world, before time even existed. He adopted us as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself. Verse 7, salvation, forgiveness, grace. These would certainly be the riches of his glory that we may know. Verse 19, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? To know the power of God. Verse 20 speaks of the power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Verse 21 also speaks of power far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named. Paul prayed that they would know the power. The power that raised Christ from the dead. What does that power mean to us today? Romans 9 verse 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. 2 Corinthians 13 4, For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God, for we also are weak in him but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. The songwriter wrote, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and on the earth again shall stand. I know eternal life he giveth, that grace and power are in his hand. Let's go now to chapter 3 and look at the second prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesian Christians. In the first prayer, in chapter 1, Paul prayed that they would know God. In the second prayer, he prayed more specifically that they would know the love of God. And, and notice that as we read through this prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, I believe. Actually, it's 14 through 21. Ephesians 3.14, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family is in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul prayed, verse 16, that he would grant you, that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Strengthened with might. You know, strength is a wonderful thing, but strengthened with might. That's strength with energy. Through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Here we have a double metaphor, one taken from farming and the other taken from construction. Both are a picture of strength. When you see a tree being rooted or a plant that is rooted, that tree will be healthy, it'll be beautiful, it'll be useful, it will be a tree that can stand a storm. And then you think of grounded in love, a solid foundation, sure and steadfast. We know the importance of being rooted and being grounded in love. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love for what purpose? Verse 18, so that you may be able to comprehend, not alone, but with all the saints, what is the width and the length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How do we measure God? How do we measure his love? How can I comprehend God's love with my brothers and sisters? How can we comprehend? How can we know the width, the length, and the height, and the depth of God's love? You know, God's word is like a tape measure. From Genesis to Revelation, we find measurements that show us and help us to understand the greatness of God's love. Have you ever thought about how much we use measurements? It's a big part of our life. I see Joe back there agreeing. He makes bread, and I'm sure you're measuring, or maybe you're good enough now, you just dump in. <laughs> I know in our business, the tape measure goes with us just about everywhere we go. When I go in to a garage, check a, a garage for a garage door, either a new door or a replacement door, the first thing that I do is I measure the width of that opening, I measure the height, I measure the headroom, how much room is above the opening, I measure the side room, 
the back room. Measurements are a big part of life. In John 3.16, and I welcome you to turn there, even though it's a very, very familiar verse, we have all four of the measurements found in verse 18. We have the width, the length, and the depth, and the height of God's love. Let's look at that. John 3.16, for God so loved for God so loved there is the depth the world there we have the width of God's love that he gave his only begotten son that is the length that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and that is the height. I'd like for a few minutes to consider these four measurements. What is the width and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God? First of all, the width. How wide is God's love? If you are still there in John 3, Look at verse 17. Notice the word world in this verse, John 3, 17. In fact, it's in there three times. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God so loved the world. Three times we have it there in verse 17. That is the width of God's love. Romans 10 verse 12 says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. God's love extends to every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. Paul in his testimony in 1 Timothy chapter 1 said, The love of God reached out to him who was the chief of sinners. Paul goes on to say, The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love. That is the width of God's love. And then second, the length. How long is God's love? Jeremiah 31, verse 3, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. God's love is from eternity to eternity. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, Therefore, we know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps His covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. God's love is eternal. It, it existed before time, and it will go on throughout eternity. That is the length of God's love. The songwriter wrote, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, 
and our eternal home. And third, the depth. How deep is God's love? You can turn to Romans chapter 8. We will read 35 through 39. How deep is God's love? Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distresses or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sakes we were killed all day long. We were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Job pondered the depth of God and said these words, Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? The psalmist in his reflecting said, O Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. The depth of God's love is unfathomable. It calls God to stoop as low as man, to reach down to our level. How deep is God's love? How deep will God's love go? Jonah, riding in the belly of the well, found out how deep God's love will go. In Jonah chapter 2, verse 3, it says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Verse 5, The water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed about me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Verse 6, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. However, it says in verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Have you ever felt like your prayers are coming from the deep? Do you feel like you're down in that bottom of the sea? Jonah heard, or God heard, Jonah's prayers, and he hears your prayers as well. The songwriter wrote, God's love is a boundless love, and it reaches down and touches me. The depth of God's love. And fourth, let's think now of the height. How high is God's love? Isaiah 55, 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, 
by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The height of God's love is infinite. It extends to the highest heaven, to the very throne of God. Job 22:12 is not God in the height of the heaven and see the highest stars how lofty are they Psalm 57:10 for your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds The songwriter wrote the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell the height of God's love. And so, in closing, Paul prayed in his first prayer that we would know God. In the second prayer, he prayed that we together as saints would comprehend what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, Paul wrote, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but one day we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. I don't know how it'll be when we get to heaven, but I'm a thinking we will know like we have never known on this earth. And that new knowledge will be the song of the saints throughout eternity. Today, the invitation is that you may know. And that invitation goes out to all the world. And that is wonderful. But yet, the invitation that you may know is very personal. Because it's first for you. It's first for your children. It's first for your family. It's for your neighbor. The invitation is for us right here in Halifax County, Virginia, which is nothing more than a speck. If you would put it on the world globe, it's just a speck. To those that know God, Jude 21 says, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And to those that do not know God, today is your opportunity to know. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This morning I'm thankful that we can know God and that we can know his love. Each one of us can know and experience that in our hearts and lives. We'll call for a song at this time.